focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio, we have our reporters in Yoon Seung and Lee Ji-young. Guys, welcome back. Good, Good evening. evening. We're going to talk about the economy and the key benchmark key interest rates here in South Korea because on Thursday, the Bank of Korea froze the policy rate unchanged at 3.5%, uh, putting on a hold its rate-raising policy for the first time in a year and a half. I can't believe it's been that long. Jiang, let's get the latest uh, information on this. Sure. Now, it was the first time the cent- Central Bank's Monetary Policy Board maintained the rate at a meeting since February 2022. Now, in the last rate-setting meeting in January, uh, the bo- board upped the policy rate by a quarter percentage point. Now, the Bank of Korea's decision falls in line with the market expectations, which projected it would end the hike considering the slowing, uh, slowing of the global economy. Now, Bank of Korea Governor Lee Chang-yong told reporters that it was time to stop and watch until uncertainties were resolved. And he also said that when you're at in front of the wheel and your vision is blocked by thick fog, uh, you should stop and wait for the fog to clear. And that is the situation that we're currently facing now. So it's just time to stop and wait. Um, he also said South Korea's central bank would not rule out the possibility of further in- increases. But he repeatedly said no more upwards move would be needed if the annual inflation rate eased towards a forecast 3% by the end of the year. Now, this Thursday's decisions takes the gap between Korea's key rate and that of the U.S. to 1.75 percentage points, uh, breaking the previous 1.5 percentage point record set in 2000. Now, the widened gap has led to concerns that it could lead to foreign capital outflow and that the Korean currency against the dollar will fall. Um, The next rate-setting meeting will take place on April 11th, uh, following the U.S. Federal Reserve's Federal Open Market Committee meeting on March 21st. Yeah, right now the consensus is that the uh, the U.S. Fed will continue to increase their rates, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not it may not be at the same rate that they have been doing so. Maybe mm-hmm. it might be another small step, but I think the key consensus right now is that the U.S. Fed will continue to raise rates because they feel like right now the inflation isn't slowing down in the pace that they want to. But again, going into the, uh, the difference, the gap between the U.S. Fed and the Bank of mm-hmm. Korea, when you're saying it's breaking the previous record of 1.5 percentage points. And we saw earlier uh, this week that uh, the Korean one had dropped to the 1,301 mark for the mm-hmm. first time in about two months. Compare that to last year when uh, it was, I believe, approaching at one point, almost 1,500 1, at one right, point. And they were saying right. that it was mm-hmm. about to hit that. And then you know it's, the government kind of intervened. And so we saw a slow, uh, gradual uh, decrease uh, in the, the, the power of the U.S. dollar, but we're seeing that bounce back up. The longer this gap holds up, we're going to see the dollar str- uh, strengthen even more. But again, despite Thursday's rate freeze, Bank of Korea Governor Lee Chang-yong still stressed that it does not mean an end to more than a year of monetary tightening cycles. Hey, let's get more on this. Sure. Um, at a press conference held shortly after the Monetary Policy Committee, Bank of Co- Korea Governor Lee Chang-yong emphasized that Thursday's decision does not mean that rate hike policy is for um, taking a very cautious attitude. And he said such decision was made amid economic uncertainties. 
South Korea actually endured 10 rate hikes in the past 18 months, and especially since April last year. BOK has raised its key interest rates for seven straight time last year amid soaring inflation that hit the nation. And through Thursday's meeting, he said the committee members from now on decided to assess the needs for further interest rate hikes over time in consideration of various circumstances just like they used to do in the past. And Governor Yi at the same time hinted at the possibility of further rate hikes in the near future. He said only one of the Monetary Policy Committee members said the rate of 3.5%, which is a current interest rate, was appropriate, while the other five board members suggested the possibility of opening to a peak rate of 3.75%. And the remar- uh, and this the remark signals that additional interest rate hikes could be made depending on the situation. And here, the situation refers to the slowdown in inflation or the opposite, and the Federal Reserve's decision on interest rates, China's economic recovery and its impact on the South Korean gov- uh, economy, real estate market, financial stability, and the ripple effect of rising rates. Yeah, I mean, you have a whole bunch of things uh, in there. And again, one of the main reasons for why the Bank of Korea cannot increase their rates too much, despite the inflation rate, I think the big chunk of that is, number one, the economic slowdown, but mm-hmm. also the real estate market that's already been tanking, right? And uh, it's still, that's one of the reasons for why they cannot keep up with the U.S. Fed's uh, uh, benchmark interest rates there. And there's this large gap. And despite the fact that the Bank of Korea wants to kind of decrease that gap and kind of close in on that gap. Uh, the real estate market is something that they're looking at right now because uh, it seems like in some of the parts of real estate, the prices are tanking right. at this time. Nearly all Federal Reserve policymakers agreeing earlier this month to slow the pace of their rate increase to a quarter point, uh, with only a few supporting a larger half-point hike there. Uh, This does mean that we will likely see the Federal Reserve raise its key interest rates by another 25 basis points again next month. Jiang, let's get the latest on this. Uh, Sure. Now, the minutes from the Federal Reserve's January 31st and February meeting uh, said most of the officials supported the quarter-point hike because a slower pace would better allow them to assess the economy's progress toward reducing inflation to their 2% target. Now, at the meeting, Fed officials also unanimously agreed that ongoing increases in the Fed's key rate would be appropriate, which points to additional hikes in the next two meetings, at least. Now, overall, the meeting showed that the Fed's policymakers emphasized their determination to keep rates high to curb inflation, even as they welcomed a slowdown since uh, the last fall. Now, the Wall Street Journal said that the Fed is likely to raise the key rate by a quarter percentage point again in March 21st for the next meeting. Meanwhile, some of the Fed officials also warned that a hasty end to its tightening policies, such as rate heights, may worsen the economy, which has shown improvement recently. Now, the rate hike would further widen the gap between the Fed's rate and that of the Bank of Korea, heightening concerns about a capital outflow. Now, since the meeting, the outlook for inflation has become more worrisome um, because a number of economic reports have pointed out that we are experiencing a still robust economy despite the uh, Federal uh, Reserve's eight rate hikes over the past year. 
In the meantime, the Bank of Korea slightly lowered its real GDP growth forecast for this year to 1.6%. Uh, the forecast for consumer price growth fell to a 3.5% from its previous projection of 3.6%. Sam, let's get the latest on this. Right, and it's another figure that signals the uncertainties of the nation's economy. Um, in its revised economic outlook released on Thursday, Bank of Korea lowered its economic growth forecast for this year from 1.7% to 1.6%. And earlier in its economic forecast in November last year, BOK predicted that the Korean economy will grow 1.7% this year and consumer prices will rise to 3.6%. However, in the fourth quarter of last year, the growth forecast was adjusted again for the first time in three months due to signs of economic slowdown. And South Korean economy last month indeed posted its first economic contraction in two and a half years. So we can say um, the economic outlook is still gloomy for now. And the reason for the gloomy outlook is that, again, the signs of an economic slowdown are becoming clearer this year. And as we have continued to emphasize, the nation's sluggish export is the biggest concern when it comes to South Korea's economy. Exports fell 16.6% from a year ago in January, continuing to decline since October last year. And the trade deficit in January hit a record high of 16.65 billion US dollars on a monthly basis. So basically means we buy more and sell less. And the Ministry of Economy and Finance in its February Green Book also diagnosed that South Korea's inflation remains high and domestic consumption recovery is slowing down while exports continue to plunge. All right, Seung, but uh, how about uh, some of the other international organizations? How do they predict uh, Korea's economic growth rate to be? Well, uh, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, last month slashed its 2023 economic growth forecast for South Korea to 1.7%, while OECD adjusted its growth forecast for Korea this year to 1.8%, um, but both are still slightly higher than BOK's projection. But the Asian Development Bank, ADB's projection, which is 1.5%, and the average growth forecast of nine major overseas investment banks, that is 1.1%, percent are lower than the BOK's uh, forecast, showing that global expectations for the Korean economy are not so high either. Well, the problem is that the economic growth rate is forecast to be slow, but the consumer price growth rate is, ex is expected to continue to rise, uh, meaning we're expecting higher price tax. As mentioned earlier, although the BOK on Thursday slightly lowered its inflation rate to 3.5% from 3.6%, um, it is still a heavy burden on consumers when the figure remains in the mid-3% range. And that's because experts say mid-3% indicates that the high inflation trend will continue this year. In fact, consumer price rose 5.2% in January from a year ago due to an increase in electricity bills, surpassing the previous month record, which is 5.0%. And inflation has been slowing gradually after topping 5.4% in May last year, 6.0% in June, and 6.3% in July. But soaring prices have continued to exceed 5% range for nine months. And as a result, the expected inflation rate, which is equivalent to the consumer's inflation forecast, reached 4.0% in February, up from 3.9% in January, entering the 4% range again for the first time in three months since it reached 4.2% in November last year.
And the Bank of Korea predicts that the inflation rate in February will also be around 5% with price uncertainties. And if this year's inflation rates tops 3% range as predicted, it is going to be the highest since 2008 when it reached 4.7%, except for last year which reached um, 5.1%. And as you know, 2008 is when the world economy suffered from global financial crisis. Yeah, again, I mean, we keep mentioning this comparison with the, the last uh, the financial crisis back in 2008, uh, 2009 financial crisis. And uh, it, it's still surprising that people or or I guess you say economists are still not considering this right now an economic crisis because it certainly feels mm. that way. And I'm sure a lot of South Korean households do feel that as well because they saw their real incomes decline in the fourth quarter of last year while spending on heating and bills and interest expenses in the fourth quarter topped the record high. And that is not a very good combination. Sam, let's also get more on that. Sure. According to data released by Statistics Korea, the average household income increased to around 4.8 million Korean won a month, which is roughly 3,600 U.S. dollars. And as you also mentioned this several times, everything goes up except for our salary. And the income growth is too little compared to the gloomy economic situation we are facing right now. Inflation last year averaged around 5%, and as a result, real incomes actually dropped 1.1%. And they dropped the quarter before as well. And much of the drop in real incomes has been attributed to the cost of household electricity, gas and heating, which was up by the most on record at more than 16%. Plus, um, with the high interest rates, and people had to spend more on interest expenses. Yeah, I just got my gas bill for uh, the last one, and then it actually was a lot higher than what I expected. I was right. kind of bragging about how my house, we weren't <laughs> spending that much gas and so it should be okay, but uh, not the case here. Well, guys, if that's not the only problem that we're facing, we have other uh, very big social issues. One of the things that uh, we often talk about here on Korea Now uh, is the issue of low birth rates here in Korea. Well, despite the fact that, you know, the government has been given a lot of uh, financial assistance and uh, different programs here and there, uh, trying to boost its declining population. We had newly released data showing that it's broken its own record for the world's lowest fertility rate. Chiang, again, grim numbers here. Let's get the details of this. Sure. Now, Statistics Korea reported on Wednesday that the fertility rate fell to 0.7% in 2022, which is down from 0.81 from the previous year. Um, without a substantial flow of immigration, countries need a fertility rate of 2.1 to maintain a stable population. Now, South Korea's birth rate has been falling since 2015, and the country recorded more than deaths than births for the first time in 2020, raising concerns that there will be too a few people uh, in the working age to support ballooning elderly populations. Now, the rate was once as high as 4.53 in the country in the 1970s before it dropped below 2 in the early 1980s and below 1 in 2018. Now, since 2013, Korea's rate was consistently 
the lowest among OECD countries, and the average for OECD nations was 1.59 as of 2020. Now, Korea's around 50 million population could be halved by uh, 2,100 by this rate, according to researchers. Now, meanwhile, Korean women are also having children later in their life, and the average age of childbirth in South Korea was 33.5 last year. Now, experts say the reason for these demographic shifts across the region in, uh, in, in the country uh, include demanding work cultures, stagnating wages, rising costs of living, uh, and changing attitudes towards marriage and gender equality. Yeah, I mean, we live in a, a completely different society nowadays mm-hmm. because uh, I, I remember when I got married I was uh, how old was I when I got married I was like 31 I think I was mm. and so I thought I was getting married like of age mm-hmm. I wasn't late I wasn't early but everyone who tells me I got you know when I tell them I got married at 31 they're like oh my goodness you must have been making a lot of money because how do you get married that early and I said actually no I was not well off at the time I just thought that it was the time to get married I thought that was the age that everyone gets married but apparently that's not the case right. uh, because I remember when I was like for example like 24 years old just mm-hmm. got out like, like 21 22 years old just got out of college I had my seniors you know that I knew from college at the age of 24 25 getting married so i thought 25 26 was you like you were the, in the states at i was the in time, the states right? yeah so, so the situation is a little bit different yeah absolutely cities. uh mm. but you know you think about uh, you know the 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 low fertility rate what it's that we talked about this with when it, when we talked about the uh, the, the pension system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because when the pension system was first put in place i mean like korea had like a fertility rate of like four point something right each family had like four or five kids mm-hmm. and also the uh the life expectancy at the time was like 74 years old or something mm-hmm. like that and so they're saying well there's not going to be enough uh, elderly population and there's mm-hmm. a big growth in the new population and so all the money that's being put into the pension system we're going to be able to make up for everybody and everyone's going to be happy but that's not the case right now we have more elderly population less people putting into the pension system and obviously it's going to go broke uh, because of this but while the number of newborn babies decreased the number of deaths have also been gradually increasing we talked about the death cross uh, the dead cross that we experienced for the first time back in 2020 now south korea's national decline in population reached a record high of more than 8,000 last year's hey let's get more on this as well Yes, that surely is a shocking news showing South Korea's demographic crisis. Until 10 years ago, South Korean population increased by more than 200,000 every year, not because of high birth rate, but because of aging population. But it began to decline in 2020 and declined for the third consecutive year in 2022 as death outpaced birth due to COVID-19. As you know, many senior citizens lost their lives due to COVID. And according to the data released on the previous day last year, the natural decrease in population in South Korea reached 123,800, more than double the number the year before. This is because in 2022, only 249,000 babies were born, while 372,800 died. The nation's population, which had been increasing until 2012, began to naturally decline since 2020. And what's more concerning is since then, the pace has been um, accelerating and it's doubling almost every year. And it's not only happening in the capital Seoul, but all 17 cities and provinces across the nation, except for Sejong City. Um, And it's not just about one particular city, but the entire nation. And pundits are skeptical about the future. 
and many predict that the Korean population is expected to decrease even further in the future due to the low birth rate that is expected to continue to fall in aging population. And according to Statistic Korea, the number of babies born in Korea will go back and forth between 200,000 to 300,000 over the next 30 years and decrease to 193,000 by 2055. And again, South Korea reported 249,000 births last year. So you can make a comparison yeah. with that figure. And when listening um, to the total, when listing the total population in order of age, the median age is expected to increase from 45 years in 2022 to 62.2 years in 2017. And in that case, we can't leave out the possibilities that it will bring to the nation's economy. Um, the, the negative Im impacts that it will bring to the nation's economy. Meanwhile, the number of deaths is expected to increase annually to 400,000 in 2030, 500,000 in 2038, and um, eventually 300,000 in 2055. In short, the number of babies born will decrease, the number of elderly people will increase, which will result in increase in the number of deaths. And with that, South Korea now expects natural decrease of population by more than 500,000 in 2055. And even before that, by 2045, Korea's total population is estimated to fall to the 40 million mark. Currently, it's about 51 million, like Chiyong said. And it's a huge problem because we need more practical and effective solutions, policies that can deal with this demographic crisis. Otherwise, South Korea will have to witness some of its biggest cities or provinces being disappeared. So if I'm kind of more optimistic mm -hmm. on this front like i wasn't surprised that there was a huge decline in fertility rate uh in the past three years because of the covid 19. uh saying as like a mother you would know that there was a lot of you know amongst the mothers there was like a lot of concerns about you know you know bringing a child into the right. world during covid 19 mm -hmm. right they were afraid of like infections mm -hmm. uh because if you get sick and you're pregnant you can't even take any medicines right. and uh, you go to what is it the postnatal services mm -hmm. and because there was like so many strict uh, quarantine measures and stuff mm -hmm. like that they were afraid to bring a child into the world during covid 19. Sure. and so now that things are kind of relaxed i think a lot of people are saying well Maybe now people are going to start making babies again, but now we have, what do we have? COVID-19 is not a big problem, but the economy is a big problem, mm -hmm. right? And so when you have like high uh, consumer prices, everything is so expensive, they're going, well, can we afford to bring a child into the world mm -hmm. at this time when we're struggling to even feed ourselves, right? So mm -hmm. that's going to continue on for, I think, maybe a couple of years until... I don't know, the, the economy settles down again and then things get better again. Even during COVID, COVID was just one of the reasons they were hesitant yeah, about I mean, having right. a baby. Because The now, other thing was like the social stuff, social right? Social stuff, mm -hmm. the economy, the back real, then real as well. estate, they're real saying estate. real estate, mm -hmm. which I don't understand because, Kay, you do make a very good point. You said the tales of haves and haves not. Just read an article, Koreans are getting richer, spending on luxury goods is up 24% compared to 2021. I don't think Koreans are necessarily getting richer. Mm -hmm. is they they just like luxury stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I read an article that even with the, the low fertility rate, the luxury items uh, of, of child, uh, ch child, baby items, baby yeah. items, especially in department store, they have risen. One of the top, uh, the S uh, department store in Korea, uh, they actually, uh, I think, 
um, increased in sales in 1.5, almost two, like almost twofold, more than 1.5. So that was mm-hmm. one of the things. So the richer are spending more monies to, for the for the children, and people are, are oh, people who have children, they're not um, afraid to spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the people who don't have the money, and it's people that don't who. In, in conclusion, won't want to have children. Yeah, and it, it's become. I mean, even with like baby goods, uh, mm. saying. I mean, your your kids grown up a bit now, but like you know, we remember when our kids were like really young, and Little we had to baby. buy our baby carriage and yes. baby pushers and strollers, <laughs> and we have to get the S strollers because. <laughs> Did yeah. you all sell them back? No, yeah. I didn't sell them back. Exactly. I mean, was that three thousand dollars for one was, of those No, it was like about a thousand six hundred. But okay. even still, and we mm. used it for like a year or something very like expensive. that. I mean, my kid mm. walked very quickly. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people are now going even with like baby stuff. It's become a luxury, and mm. so that's why a lot of people are going. Well, can I can I keep up with the trends of? Korea. And I've always said, if you want to solve some of these social issues, Mm -hmm. I think the first thing we need to fix is the mentality of the Korean people. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that's been very difficult to do so. Um, Although we talked about, as I said before, uh, the government has invested a a huge amount, uh, something like 280 trillion won to increase the birth rate over the past 15 years, but obviously not working because the initial financial assistance doesn't really help out with the rest of the years that you have to take care of the child. But Jiang, can you tell us how this money was spent throughout the years? Uh, sure. Now, in the early 2000s, uh, the low birth rate crisis in aging society, that issue became visible around that time. Um, and in 2004, tackling the low fertility rate was set as a national agenda. And in 2005, when the total fertility rate recorded 1.08, uh, the basic act on low fertility and aging society, that bill was enacted. Now, on Wednesday, the presidential office released past data from previous administrations on the low fertility rate in aging society. And for for 15 years, uh, from 2006, a total budget of 280 trillion won was invested in responding to the low birth rate in aging population. Uh, However, no apparent improvements have been detected detected, uh, even with fewer people getting married yearly. Um, A total of uh, 192,000 people got married in 2022, which was around 1,000 fewer than the year before, and the lowest since the records on newlyweds were first kept in 1970. Uh, But experts and uh, Koreans say more support is needed throughout a child's life, as well as change on several deep-rooted social issues. For instance, South Korean society still frowns on single parents, uh, with IVF uh, IVF treatment still not available to also single women. Um, Also, couples in non-traditional partnerships also face discrimination. Uh, South Korea does not recognize same-sex marriage, and regulations make it difficult for unwed couples to adopt. And experts advise that long-term measures are needed rather than short-term policies. And Seoul National University Graduate School of Public Health professor 
Cho Young-tae said in an interview with Kyungyang Shinmun that the reality behind the low birth rate phenomenon is quite complex, but the problem is that the political world and the media pretty much choke the policymakers for immediate results or countermeasures. So we have to be patient and see this from a long-term perspective, perspective instead of uh, a new po- scrapping up a policy and yeah. making a new one mm. and to try to see results then. You know what's also interesting in another aspect that doesn't get mentioned a whole lot mm. when it comes to the low birth rate is that uh, from what I understand, there's also a lot of couples who are having a hard time bringing a child mm. uh, into their life. So they choose to bring a child, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just very... Like, that's the thing. Like, back in the days, I don't know what they were eating, but, like, babies were coming out so easily. And I always thought that <laughs> it was an easy thing to bring a child into... It's not. It, apparently, there's a lot of... Uh, there's. I've, I've read the statistics somewhere. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that's being used in trying to, uh, what is it, uh, help uh, medically yeah. mother, uh, you know, p- women who want to give birth, uh, mm-hmm. they get like medical treatment and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's increased quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so there are those, my mom was telling me about this. She was like, there's the one side who don't want to bring a child mm-hmm. into the life. And then there's the other side, a massive amount of people who want to, mm-hmm. but for right. some reason, they just can't physically. It's, it's also related to environmental issues, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing that they were saying a lot mm-hmm. is like environmental and like, mm-hmm. you know, the food that we're eating right. shot mm-hmm. with all the hormones and things like that, whatever it may be. But it's 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 really unfortunate. Uh, it is. And uh the the economic and the social impact of low birth rate i don't know if people really understand the gravity of this but it's it's devastating years down the road and you might be saying well that's far down the road but it's going to come really quick here let's move on here president yun sagir once again stressing at union reform saying the most important thing we have to do this year is to create a proper market economy system through fair competition. Seong, tell us more about this. Sure. Um, President Sher spokesman Lee Do-un on Wednesday announced the message delivered by President Yoon Song-yeol on Tuesday during a cabinet meeting held on the same day. And according to E, President Yoon expressed his concerns over negative effects that current labor union system will bring to the nation's economy and businesses. Yoon said South Korea's business sectors are watching and expecting more from the current government to deal with this problem. And President Yoon also highlighted the importance of normalizing the labor union system to develop South Korea's economy, adding that if we normalize labor union that opposes the Korea-U.S. joint military drills or ruins the job market, the value of South Korean companies will naturally go up and the job market will recover as well. And uh, we can see that President Yoon continues his firm action against labor union. Well, uh, in line with President Yoon's administration's hardline stance on labor unions, the National Intelligence Service and the police on Thursday morning uh, raided the office of the Gyeongnam branch of the Korea Metals Workers Union over in Changwon. Uh, Let's also get more on that. Sure. On Thursday morning, about 100 people, including the NIS headquarters and the Gyeongnam Provincial Police Agency, were mobilized for the search and seizure for Gyeongnam branch of the Korean Metal Workers Union in Changwon as part of an investigation into activists accused of violating the anti-communist law. An NIS official said he could not answer reporters' questions when asked if it was related to the Taiwan spying group. The recent case on 
alleged pro-North Korea spy ring in Changwon. And the National Intelligence Service also raided another labor union office in Koje on the same day, but details were not given yet. And early this, earlier this week, President Yoon Song-yeol declared a strong will to root out violence at construction sites using a very strong word such as konpok, short for konsolpongyeok. And as President himself ordered crackdown on illegal activities of labor unions, such search and seizure is likely to continue for the time being. Yeah, I think the news came out a couple months ago that apparently the, the, the unions for construction workers are basically you know threatening, threatening mm. to either not work or not send workers and stuff like that. And they were blackmailing uh, some of the, uh, the, you know, the, the firms and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, I mean, which, by the way, is something that we hear a lot about <laughs> during the, the 1920s and 30s in the U.S. where the, the, the mafia got a hold of the unions and stuff <laughs> like that. So, again, I mean, stuff like that really needs to be cracked down. I do understand that President Yoon Suk-yeol, I believe, uh, during the height of the, the truckers' uh, protest and the, the mm. strike that was going on, uh, he had an interview with, I believe it was Reuters, I think, he you know, used the word militant labor group, right? Mm. So he's really raging a war on these, like, hardline uh, labor unions out there but as part of UN administration's labor reform, the government will financially support organizations composed of contract workers and or platform workers who are not eligible to join unions. So, Chiang, tell us more about this. Uh, sure. Now, on Thursday, the Ministry of Employment and Labor announced that it had finalized this year's labor organization support plan. And this year, 2.2 billion won, or 50% of the 4.4 billion won, will support new unions. That, that means that half of that budget is not going to go to the current existing unions, new unions. Now, the Ministry of Employment and Labor plans to fund new labor groups such as uh, contract workers and platform worker unions and also MZ unions. We all know MZ short for millennials and Gen Z unions. Now, yesterday, a new labor union led by young workers in their 20s and 30s was launched, and their official title is Serokuchim, which means refresh labor union in English. But they are more well known um, to the reporters and journalists as the MZ union. Now, they said that they would take a different path from existing unions, such as the Korean Federation of Trade Unions, and unions that lead the political political strikes so that they can regain a uh, union's original role of representing workers. Now, about 6,000 people from eight new labor unions, including um, LG Electronics, Seoul Transportation Cooperation, a Corporation, Corail, and so on, are discussing, dis discussing additional membership. Now, but some pundits say that this is a way for the UN administration to tighten the reins on the already existing labor unions, such as the Federal Federation of Korean Trade Union, which was also interpreted as a ploy for his labor reform push. And experts predicted that the UN administration would use this sort of generational and structural wedge strategy in a concerted push to undermine the organized existing labor unions. What's concerning is um, the UN administration announced three 
reforms on three different sectors, mm -hmm. but uh, it seems like it's only focusing on labor mm -hmm. uh, reform. So, well, I yeah. think right now, because it, it can't seem to sound like the UN administration is like completely against labor unions, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, what he wants is reform, right? He's not mm -hmm. saying labor unions as a whole is bad. Mm -hmm. It's just that there are a few rotten apples that's that right. kind of ruin it for everybody. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's what, you know, reform is all about. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying MZ Union sounds really scary to me. And <laughs> I don't know what their demands are going to be, but uh, it's, it's going to be pretty tough. Nevertheless, guys, as always, thank you very much for your reports today. Have a safe rest of the night. We'll see you guys again. Thank, thank you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.